Okay, so I was chatting to past guests in front of the show, Pat O'Reilly, over the weekend, and Pat said, oh, no, no, no. I told you were going to do a load of shit with the brain. You have to fuck on with the brain. That's a direct quote, actually, from uh, past guests in front of the show, Pat O'Reilly. But he was right. Like he said, you know, I thought you were going on to fucking talk about the brain. I was actually looking forward to fucking, you know, hearing what you had to say about it. And I was like, fucking you and me both. I was looking forward to doing a bit about the brain. Like, it's not as if I said, you know, ah, fuck it, I'll tell them I'm going to do a load about the brain and then not bother me bollocks. I was very much down a rabbit hole, not planning on going down a rabbit hole, but down a rabbit hole. And what happened here is a great example of what happens often, with me at least. And it's, I go to try and, and talk about something, let's say the brain, and for me at least, I have to dumb it down. I have to really dumb it down. I was like, okay, the brain, it's the most complex thing in the universe that we're aware of. How do you start talking about it in a way that's not just going to go completely over your own head? And for me, the way of starting that at least was to split it into its, not its three component parts, but to split it into three component parts. You could split it a million ways, a hundred million ways. But I just did it three ways. Brainstem, cerebellum, cerebrum. And I was going to kind of continue on from there. But like loads of other things that I try and educate myself on, I start learning about this and about that. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. But you can't learn a bit about it. Like you, you can't learn six multiplied by three and then a hundred divided by four and then... 2 plus 2 equals 4. You need to learn, you know, your basic addition and subtraction. Then you have to work up to multiplication and then to division, then to fucking algebra. You can't, you can't learn from across the entire spectrum at the start. Because what happens then is, I can feel, I can feel it brewing inside me. I can feel it brewing inside me. Because when you do it like that, you've got all this, these bits of data, but they're not information, so you can't extract narrative out of it. <laughs> oh my God. You get the sentiment, hopefully. Hopefully you get the gist. You need to start kind of at the start. So in relation to talking about the brain, what's the start? And the start of the fucking brain is the same as the start of everything else. You have to go back to the fucking Big Bang. And what happens when you start to go back to the Big Bang, you have to fast forward it a little bit now, to be fair. Let's say the start of life. Because the start of life on Earth is at the cellular level. It's not as if something one day crawled out of the sea, gasping for its first breath of air. Like This stuff was microscopic, microbial. Single cellular organisms, like literally one cell. That was the, the, first, the first spark of life. Like if you wait for or watch out for an analogy if you compare a spark no if you compare the fundamental component of a fire to be a spark like you need a spark to set the fire going you need an initial flame to light the fire the initial spark or the initial flame of the fire of life for want of a better term is at the cellular level it's tiny little things and you need to understand how the cell divides and creates two of itself it creates a copy of itself 
Now, I don't fully understand that, so that's the rabbit hole that I'm down at the minute, but I don't understand it well enough to uh, to articulate it. I, I know bits about it, but I don't get it. And it's not until I have a much better understanding of it that I'll actually specifically start talking about it. But hopefully you get the sentiment. You have to go back to the start. Because what the brain is made up of are what's called neurons. There's a couple of different types of them. But their neurons are cells. Now, they don't sub... Or they don't... They don't divide and self-replicate like other cells. But again, I need to understand why they don't do that. And what do they do instead of doing that? What separates them from other cells? And what that sent me down was, when I kind of realised that, I said, right, if I can't just start talking about the brain and I have to go back to the fucking start of everything to explain anything, what are the questions that I want to actually answer? Because... It's all it's one thing going down a rabbit hole and trying to educate yourself, but you need to have some sort of a stated goal. You need to have a purpose. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to separate the nice to know from the need to know. That's what writing down a load of questions you want the answer to does. It makes it explicit what it is that you need to know. You're literally writing down, you're making the conscious decision of writing down the things that you need to know. So you're you're putting the, the cart before the horse a little bit. Before you do any study of a particular topic, you first of all have to say, right, at the end of all this study, what are the things that I want to fucking know about? What are the relevant things? Because otherwise, you're just going to start going down rabbit holes off rabbit holes off rabbit holes, and you'll find loads of really interesting stuff, but what you'll be left with is a mountain of data that you can't put in order, that you can't put information. So the questions that I have, I just crudely wrote down a few kind of bullet points over the weekend. So bear with me, but you hopefully, as I do endlessly repeat, you'll get the sentiment, you'll get the gist. So in relation to biology more generally, moving away from the brain specifically, in relation to bi- biology, I asked me quite myself the question, like, what do we need? Like, what do we need to, dis- to sustain life? So food, like an energy source, we need something. We we don't we can't photosynthesize. We don't harvest energy from the sun the way plants do. So we need energy because without energy, we won't be able to do anything. And by do anything, I mean move. I mean digest. I mean live. You need a, you need an energy source. So what do we need? Which begs the question: Where do we get it? Which be, which begs the question: What do we need? to make the things that we need because there's a word called endogenous that comes up a lot in biology generally and basically what endogenous means is there are certain things that we can produce ourselves so I don't think we can produce vitamin C ourselves so vitamin C isn't endogenous the body can't create it and if if your body can't created if it can't conjure it up from other things then we need to supplement it we need to put it into our diets we need to consume it somehow and already that poses the question well what can we make ourselves and what can't we make ourselves another important term here is a precursor It's another term, like endogenous, that kind of comes up when you're talking about biology. And what a precursor is, is something that you have before you have something else. So your your body might, let's say, need 
and bear with me with the analogy here, I'm going to try and use numbers to represent things that I can't name. So let's say your body needs fours in the same way that your body, like the, the number four, let's say it needs fours. In the same way that it needs vitamin C, it needs fours. Well, if you can't find fours around you that you can consume, you might be able to eat a load of twos because the twos are precursors to fours. If the body can take in enough twos, it can put them together and make its own fours and it needs fours, so happy days. So there's there's endogenous, and I actually don't know what the alternative word, I want to make a, a note of this. Actually, no, give us two secs. That's gas. Oh, sorry, and I'm back in the room. That's gas. Exogenous. Exogenous is the opposite of endogenous. It's funny because in biological literature, you come across endogenous endlessly, or at least I have, but I've never heard the term exogenous. But anyway, hopefully you'll get where I'm coming from with all of this. So the next question is, what do we need and how can we get it? Can we make it ourselves? Do we need to ingest it purposefully, like, you know, taking your multivitamins or actually getting them from your diet like a fucking normal, decent human being? And if we can't get it, and we can make if we can't ingest it and we have to make it ourselves what are the precursors what do we need to be eating so that our body can actually produce the thing that we need by itself moving on through the list slightly i have here what can slash can't we digest which begs the question like how does digestion work and what is it because there are certain things that we can digest and there's certain things that we can't and there are certain there are certain plants and animals I'm sure that contain something that we might need let's say it's vitamin c but it's locked into it and we can't digest it out of it so just because something contains vitamin c or some other nutrient or mineral that we might need doesn't mean that we our body can extract it from it because there's a there's an availability that's another thing something might be full of something but it's not available to you it's the, what's coming to mind here is cannabis so cannabis has what's called thc in it delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol the the thing to dumb it down the thing that gets you high basically and if you smoke that on the boys and hook the lads you're away in a hack you'll get high you'll get stoned brilliant but if you eat the same substance you're still ingesting that thc but your your stomach can't digest it you can't absorb it you could eat a kilo you could eat half a ton of cannabis and it won't have any effect on you other than giving you an upset stomach you won't get high from it because your body can't extract the THC through digestion. And the way that it does from you setting fire to it or heating it up basically is that process is called decarboxylation. I don't understand it. It's something about stripping an electron off the molecule, whatever. I don't know. I'm just parroting now. But the, the idea being just because something contains something and you eat it doesn't mean that your body has the ability to extract it. And that's another rabbit hole that I, I, I need to go down the next one that I have on the list here is what will slash won't go through the skin the skin has a, a, a bit of a nickname it's often referred to as our second mouth because certain things can be absorbed through the skin they can literally soak into our bodies so my understanding is that you shouldn't get mercury on your skin because mercury will pass through your skin and into your bloodstream and into your body 
it's no longer outside of your body it's now inside your body because it's soaked in through the skin and not everything can pass that that barrier that's like your skin is a protective barrier it separates you from all sorts of nastiness of the outside world but certain things can permeate and that's why it's very important not to get it on your skin and there's another barrier and it's called the blood brain barrier and that's the next thing that i've written down here is what can and why slash can't pass through the blood brain barrier so my understanding is that anything that's psychoactive if, if you know something to be psychoactive, I think it's safe to assume that it passes the blood-brain barrier. It's something that you can ingest, whether you inhale it, inject it, or swallow it. And then once it's in your system, it has the ability to pass through that, quote, blood-brain barrier, end quote. Now, not everything can, in the same way that... Now, I don't know this, but I'm sure you could spill arsenic... You could probably swim in a pool of arsenic and come out the other side, dry yourself off and be perfectly fine. This isn't a recommendation or advice. This is just a thought experiment, by the way. But the idea is, if it doesn't permeate the skin, if it doesn't pass through the skin barrier, it's not going to have, give you any ill effects. But if you ingested a small amount of it, if you sniffed it or swallowed it, it could fucking kill you within moments. Which leads me nicely on to my next question, which is, what are toxins? Neurotoxins and the like. Now, my understanding of neurotoxins, or toxins generally, is... So there are different neurochemicals which your brain needs to function optimally, or to function full stop. Iron is one, and there's loads of different other molecules that the brain needs to function properly. Again, the, the reason that I'm going through all these different things is... I'm trying to get a better understanding of what it is that I want to know when I come out of having researched the whole thing. So you have things that your brain needs, molecules that your brain needs. And my understanding of a neurotoxin is that, and I think lead is a good example of this. Lead is a neurotoxin, but what makes it a neurotoxin is because it's very similar to something the brain does need. So if you imagine your brain is like a jigsaw piece, or sorry, let's say your, your brain is like a jigsaw, an allergy alert. Your brain is like a jigsaw. And let's say you're deficient in something and your brain's not working optimally. That's as though there's two or three pieces missing out. And the only pieces that will fit are the mineral or vitamin or whatever molecule it is that your body is deficient in. But along comes Mr. Lead molecule and the lead molecule isn't the exact same shape as the missing pieces but it's close enough to just just to fit nicely it just fits in snugly and what happens then is the picture gets blurry to stretch the analogy a little bit and it doesn't function properly and that's what a neurotoxin is basically it's something that can get in it's it's a molecule that it's like a key that fits it's kind of like a skeleton key. It's, it's kind of like a, a key that will open any door. So you can push it into the hole and it'll turn it. And the door will open. But it's not the right key. If that makes sense. Moving away from that. That's again I don't want to get too focused in on any of the specific things here. But what are toxins is the question. Neurotoxins and what other toxins are there. The next question I have then is do they build up? Because another thing that you hear 
not from the medical literature, but from the bullshit literature, is this idea, you often hear this question being posed, or not even, it's not even quite posed as a question, it's it's stated as a fact, this particular product will flush out the buildup of toxins. You know, drink this twice a day to detox your body, to flush all the toxins out of your body. My understanding is that your body doesn't accumulate toxins. And if it does, or if it is accumulating a particular type of toxin, the odds of you dying immediately are very high. Because my understanding is that your body doesn't... Toxins don't build up anywhere in the body. In the body, They never need to be flushed. You never need to do a detox. You can have an unhealthy lifestyle and you can have a bad diet and you can put on fat. And if you're eating a lot of tuna, there might be a, a buildup of, of mercury or something somewhere. But if anything like that happens, that's like a serious fucking medical issue. You're not going to flush it out by detoxing with some bullshit. But again, my understanding of that is, is pretty vague. It's only what I kind of... Yeah, my understanding of this is this. I don't know any of this with any kind of certainty. So this episode, I suppose, what's coming out of the wash is that it's a an expose on my own my own ignorance of, of all these different things. The next one, then, I'm going to try and rhyme through some of these notes a bit quicker because there's a few of them here. Bacteria. We all kind of know that there's good and bad bacteria, but... And we've heard of, you know, the, the microbiome and the gut microbiome. Is, like, is that bacteria? Is that good bacteria? Is that bad bacteria? How do, you, how do you feed the good stuff? How do you get rid of the bad stuff? Is that what antibiotics do? And again, these are all the questions that I need answered for when I come out of my fucking biological rabbit hole, basically. The next one then is adrenaline. I've, I've, none of these are in, are in order as well, but adrenaline, I believe, is, is what gets produced when you're... You know, somebody attacks you, you your, body, your body gets flooded with adrenaline to give you the strength and the courage and all the rest of it to, to kind of fight back. It's also what you're injected, injected with if your heart stops. I think if you get an injection of adrenaline directly into your heart, it can kind of <clears throat> kickstart your body if you've slipped into a coma or if you're unconscious or whatever else. Morphine is, another, is the next one then. We've all heard this idea that you get morphine, which is essentially heroin if you're in a lot of pain. Pain is a weird one then. Pain, pain feeds into the whole mind-body thing because there's physical pain and there's emotional pain which are very similar but, but quite different. The next one I have then is steroids. So for most of us, I think when we think of steroids, we think of lads hitting the gym and lifting weights and getting massive and shooting themselves up with steroids. But you might also think of getting steroids from your doctor when you're not well. So what's the function of them? Um, which leads me on to the next one, which is doping. Uh, in sport, like drug taking in sport, like, w- like what are these drugs doing exactly? Like why do they give you such such an advantage? The next one I have then is what are called free radicals. Free radicals are a cool one. So my understanding of free radicals is they're tiny, they're tiny particles, and maybe they work like I mentioned the the toxins work. They fit. They're, they're tiny little things that mightn't fill a full jigsaw piece, but they'll fill enough of the jigsaw piece so that the actual jigsaw piece won't fit into it. And I believe that there's a lot of free radicals in smoke. So when you burn stuff, you produce a lot of free radicals. And I think that's the main danger in smoking generally, that you're introducing free radicals to the body, which can cause cancers. You can also get these free radicals from smoked food, from eating burnt food, burnt toast or anything like that and air pollution obviously 
it's my understanding that free radicals are what cause those. But again, I've maxed out my understanding of what a free radical is already. The next thing I have then written down is cancers. Are all cancers caused by this free radical thing? I don't know. The next one I have is tumours. Like, what are tumours? Like, we hear about these things all the time. Like, oh, God, yeah, poor Billy. Just poor Billy has a tumour. Oh, fuck, a tumour on his brain. Oh, fuck, that's not good. But, I mean, knowing a tumour is not good is maxing out mine and, I would imagine, most people's understanding of what they are. Lipids is the next thing that I have here, and I have in brackets afterwards, fat, oil, and wax. My understanding of lipids is that they're fatty, oily, waxy substances, but again, that's it, I'm maxed out. Vitamins and minerals I have circled here. Like, we all kind of know that we need the right amount of vitamins, and we need minerals, and blah, 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 but, but what are they? What fucking function do they serve? And I'm not talking about PhD level stuff. Give me the senior infant's answer for all of this stuff, and I'll be fucking more than happy. The next one I have is viruses. And our immune system. And then I have a, a, an asterisk here for our bio, our behavioural immune system. Speaking with viruses, especially these days with fucking our good friend Mr. Covid, you'd think we'd all be experts in viruses. But I mean, I don't know if my understanding of viruses has increased over the last two years. Which is a fucking, maybe cause for concern. You'd think we'd all be fucking experts in fucking viruses. Our immune system then is... The immune system is a good one because it's a system. And there are several systems in our body because that's the other thing. I mentioned it in relation to the brain. I've separated it into three component parts just to make it a little bit clearer for myself. But the body is full of different systems that all have to be kind of separated from ourselves. And some of them are, 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 are systems that you can draw on a page. You can actually... You can touch them, you can feel them, you can dissect them. So our, our skeleton is a, a system of sorts, it's a system of bones. Our, we have a musculature system, uh, for want of a better term, and it's something that you can point to, something that you can see. But we also, what's, we also have what's called our behavioural immune system. And our behavioural immune system is fucking fascinating because you're mixing psychological with biological here. So here's a thought experiment for you. Imagine that you've got an empty cup in your left hand, okay? Now, run your tongue around the inside of your mouth and do whatever you can, open and close your mouth, or do whatever you can to build up a load of saliva in your mouth, okay? This is a thought experiment, so you don't have to go spitting into your hand here. By all means, do if you, if you fucking feel like it. Each their own. So the idea is you're holding an empty cup in your left hand, you fill your mouth full of saliva, and you spit it into the cup. Now drink it. Now most people when they hear that, it's, it's kind of hard to do it in personally through a podcast. But most people, if they've thought through that, and maybe you need to have a certain level of, of imaginative power for this to even work. But most people would have pulled a bit of a face when I said, now drink it. They, they basically would have said, yuck, with their face. And that's part of what's called the behavioral immune system. When you make that face, when you scrunch up your face in disgust, like when you pull a disgust face, you're literally closing your eyes, closing your nasal cavity and closing your mouth and probably leaning back. So you're probably distancing yourself from whatever it is that's repulsed you whilst closing your eyes, your nose and your mouth. And that's a way to, that your body has evolved to uh, keep nasty shit out of it. So you open a door and you walk into a room and there's, you know, use condoms and hypodermic needles and shit and blood and 
piss and all sorts of bodily fluids everywhere. You will make that face and you will run out the fucking door. That's your behavioral immune system in action. It's fucking fascinating stuff. The next one I have down then is your endocrine system. Now, my understanding of your endocrine system is that it includes all of your glands and I think that's where your hormones are produced. I've just maxed out my knowledge of glands, hormones and endocrine systems. The next one then is the endocannabinoid system. Again, it's, it's another system in the body that has something to do with cannabinoids, which are found in cannabis. Why we have an endocannabinoid system that seems to be perfectly attuned to the cannabis plant, I don't think we even know. But again, it's something for me to try and fucking find out. I mentioned the the musculature, our musculature, our muscles as a type of system. Within that system, you have muscles proper, but you also have tendons and ligaments. Now, I can't remember which one is which, but I think, don't quote me on this, but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to ask yourself. I think tendons connect muscles to bone, and I think ligaments might connect tendons to other tendons. Fuck, I don't know. You'd think I would. Like, th these questions that I'm asking are posing or are trying to think through. They're not mad highbrow questions. I mean, this isn't fucking PhD level stuff. Like, this is fairly basic human biology. And my understanding of it is pretty fucking shocking considering the access to information that I have and the fucking interest. Like, I have access to all the information in the world and an interest in all of this stuff and a need to know all this stuff because the more that you can understand about all the more that you can understand about human biology the better the better you're going to be able to navigate the rest of your fucking life and maybe not pick up parkinson's and maybe not pick up fucking lung cancer maybe not pick up fucking spinal problems from bad posture and all the rest of it and it all feeds into our knowledge of what we are and how we work and all the rest of it. Uh, digestion, I think I mentioned that at the outset, like what we eat and why we eat it. And I didn't mention its disposal, like the, our waste disposal system. I mentioned, I did an episode on sphincters not that long ago, but it's not mad to think that I did an episode on sphincters, but I don't know the difference between a tendon and a ligament. Like that's a really great example of somebody knowing way too much detail about this one thing. Like I can tell you a bit about about neurons, okay? And I'm going to just for the fucking crack. So the neuron is the fundamental building block of our of our central nervous system, of our brains and everything sticking out of our brains. It's the, it's the single cell that makes up the whole thing. And the main cell body at the center of the main cell body you have what's called a soma which is the, I suppose, the most important part of the main cell body. Stretching out from the main cell body and from the soma, you've, called, you've got what's called an axon. And coming off axro, axons and coming off the main cell body itself, you have these things called dendrites, which are like little tentacles reaching out, teeing off from both the axon and the soma. And at the tip of all these little fibers that are sticking out of the neuron, at the top of them, you have a little indentation, almost like the top of a volcano. It's indented slightly, and that's called a synapse. And that synapse will touch off another synapse from another neuron. And in the gap between these two um, synapses is what's called a synaptic cleft. And what goes between each synapse to another synapse via the synaptic cleft, cleft are neurochemicals 
neurotransmitters and electrical impulses. So there's two ways that neurons talk to each other. They talk to each other through electricity, basically electrical impulses, and through uh, neurochemicals. But isn't it mad to think that I know all of that about the, about neurons, but I don't know the difference between a tendon and a fucking ligament. And that's, I suppose, what I set out to do on this episode. It was to write down all the things that are kind of in my head. Like, we all have these things. We all vaguely know what carbohydrates and proteins are and vitamins and minerals and tumours and viruses. And we've heard of adrenaline and morphine and antibiotics and steroids and glands and hormones. And we all have these words in our heads. But our understanding of them was fucking shocking. It's, it's funny because we have all this information, or data should I say, and it almost gives us the impression ourselves internally that we fucking know something about it. But you know fuck all about it unless you know, unless you can explain all the different things that I've said now in the last half an hour or so, unless you can explain all of those in detail, you don't really understand human biology. Because that stuff, to me at least, is literally the most basic. So if you don't understand everything that I mentioned there in detail, you have a below basic understanding of your own body, of the of the own of your own meat vehicle which carries you and your soul if they're separate around the place on a daily basis. And holy fuck, it's nearly half an hour. Lads, on that note, I'll chat to you soon.